When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. As always, we are joined by our super producer, Noel Shreveport-Brown. I thought you'd like that yeah. one. <laughs> it's not a bad one. That's, That's pretty good. not a bad one. I guess so. Uh, Noel, uh, let's see. What else can we come up with here? Noel Nolens-Brown. Uh, Nolens, I like Nolens, that. yeah. Yeah, it's taking us there again with the uh, with the accent. Right, right. Maybe we, uh, maybe we say Noel Three-Wheeler-Brown. All right. You know? Yeah, it's good. Uh, so... If you're putting together the context clues for these last three nicknames we gave our super producer today, then you might have an inkling of what we're talking about. Scott, today we're doing something a little bit different. We're revisiting something we had talked about before with some important, if not entirely positive updates. Yeah, we sometimes do this with tire technology or maybe, sure. um, you know, something where we're talking about maybe like a new type of fuel that has come out yeah. or a new type of engine that's just being developed. New type um, of car. Yeah, new type of car. And that's what we're talking about in this case. This is an entirely new vehicle. It was the, um, well, it is the Elio Motors vehicle. Uh, I just think it's called the Elio still at this point, right? Okay. And you and I are going to have the discussion later over whether this is a car or an idea. Okay. All right. We will. We will. And we, we did in the first episode as well. Yeah. And the first episode was back in April of 2013, mm-hmm. so that's two and a half years ago. A lot has happened in that two and a half years, and I went back and listened to that one just this morning before we came into the, the studio here. Right. And I'll tell you, we were we were talking about it as if it was going to happen almost immediately, like it was going to happen right then, but that's what we re- were being told. That's what everybody was being told. All the people who were donating money to Elio at the time were told it'll be 2013. In 2014, and then, but we, in our defense, we had we had the most up to date information. It's still the same product. They're still claiming to make the same vehicle, a two or a three wheel two seat car that'll get 84 miles per gallon, Scott, and cost under seven grand. Yeah, it seems like a nice package, doesn't it? I mean, that's that's everything that people have been kind of really, really wanting um, here in the United States for a long time, really across the world. Yeah, and. There's a lot. There's a lot of stumbling blocks in the way for this vehicle. Now we we talked about that. Uh, I guess originally we talked about some of the stumbling 
points for sure. this whole thing, the production of the vehicle, mm-hmm. what it takes to be um, you know, classified as, a, as an automobile here in the United States. Right, the regs. Some, yeah, something that is uh, street legal, uh-huh. something that meets all of the, yeah, the regulations that we talked about. You know, the, the idea that this is actually a motorcycle that mm-hmm. you would have to wear a helmet inside the car as you drive it, uh, technically, technically, as of now, unless they can get that law changed. And there, we, there's a lot of discussion in that initial episode. And they had decided that they were going to buy a facility in Shreveport, Louisiana, um, an abandoned factory from General G- Motors. GM, and the old GM factory in Shreveport, which was going to be their basis of production. And in that previous podcast, uh, one one thing that you and I continually talk about uh, hit the surface again, which is how difficult of a proposition it is to start a car company, how many people have failed and I don't think we said this on air, but I've spent a lot of time, especially given the recent news that we're about to talk about, wondering how much Elio Motors is uh, a Tucker company versus how much it is a Dale car. Ah, okay. So I, I think we both had the impression early on that this was more of a Tucker company. Right. They had a product. They they had you know the uh, the means in in place to produce that product, uh-huh. as they do here for the Elio, they just don't have the money to do it right now. Right. And they had the, uh, what do you call it? They had the momentum in the public eye, right? Mm-hmm. And it seemed like there was a a possibility of some federal support. Yeah, so it seems, right? So it seemed at the time when we did the original podcast. Yes. And uh, that was some change on that front as well. So... I yeah. guess what we're getting at here, Ben, is uh, is the the question that probably everybody has at this point because it's still kind of hanging out there. It's still it's still making the the media tour on a smaller scale. There's still a lot of buzz around this. There's still you know some talk about you know how we need to raise a little bit more money using this uh, you know this effort here, this push. We've got right. this this set as a goal, and it's a it's a realistic goal, and they and they you know get close to that as we'll find out. But um, there's also just a lot of people that were, were well, people were so excited about it. Sure. So there's that, you know, behind it. There's still the excitement, but it's starting to wane a bit. Right. Because the big news, uh, is that very recently, Elio released a statement that they were pushing back. Well, could we even call it release a statement? They pushed back production again, and this time they pushed it back to 2016. However, the way it was messaged was like, a buried lead, almost. Yeah. So, so okay, this begins in 2012, and then it goes up to uh, June of 2014. Mm-hmm. And then it was promised um, in the third quarter of 2015, which we are approaching right, right. now. And then now, um, earlier this year, they said, no, now it's going to be mid-2016. So it's, getting, it's being pushed back, like, you know, years at a time. Yeah. That's significant when you've got people that are investing, you know, between anywhere between $100 and $1,000, depending on the level of... Of excitement they have about the product, right? And you know, technically, that's pre-reserving a future vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Exactly reserving, right. not pre-reserving. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. There's and there's levels as we talked about. Sure. I think we discussed the four different levels of, mm-hmm. uh, of involvement or, mm-hmm. that you you could have at this point. And so he's got a lot of people that have invested in this. We're talking like forty thousand investors that have invested. Somewhere between one hundred and one hundred. I'm sorry, one hundred and one thousand dollars right. each. And when we say he, we mean CEO Paul Elio. Yeah, Paul Elio, and he's the one that you'll see as kind of the front man for the whole company. He's, right. He's the one that comes out and makes the statements. And and you said just just recently it was kind of a buried lead uh, with yeah. this with this uh, recent announcement. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, the 
the thing is that he is very much a, a forward-facing CEO. You can see interviews with him on The Motley Fools and numerous other uh, economics as well as automotive-oriented shows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was in an interview with him where he mentions the 2016 thing. So, Ben, what what's the problem? What's the holdup in Elio production at this point? Oh, man. There's a few. There's more than one. Yeah, okay, that's but what's the, thing. The, what's, what's the main the main holdback of this whole thing? And I bet people can guess this already. Oh, in, in my opinion? No, I just in, in general, general. In general. Oh, I think everybody would say it's the money. Absolutely. Now, here's the here's the big thing is that they are behind, and I'll, I'll tell you a couple of different numbers here because I've seen several different along the way. And they're changing. Yeah, yeah. they're changing all the time. But as of January of this year, they were behind. They were they were lacking about two hundred and forty million dollars. Now that's significant. That's a huge, huge amount. Right. That's where you need somebody like uh, you know, like a Bill Gates to step in and right. say, "Here's the full amount. Produce it." They have to go at it in, in a much smaller way, and much, um, uh, I guess, chip away at that that total. Right. And that's what they've been doing. So they'll have these initiatives where they want to raise, you know, like with the goal of twenty five million dollars. And they're going to be able to do that through uh, some new legislation that allows them to raise uh, or for, for people to invest rather as much as fifteen thousand dollars at one time in a startup company. Right. There's a brand new law. in Well, not brand new. It was 2012, I believe, is when the mm-hmm. law was around. But um, that allows them to invest up to fifteen grand into a new startup company. And yeah, that's a significant uh, you know thing because. That allows them to raise large chunks of money then by people who really are on board with this rather than $1,000 here, $500 there. Right. You know, that's the way they've been going at it before. So we're, and uh, they, they nearly reached tw- the $25 million goal. They were at like $22 million, I think, with that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've heard that over $27 million of interest was expressed, which is an interesting phrase. Ah. But, okay, so what we're specifically talking about are new rules made by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, governing what are called Regulation A offerings. So this allows the person issuing this to gauge market interest and sort of a test-the-water situation Right. And that, that's how people are able to put in $15,000. Again, ladies and gentlemen, remember the actual car is going to cost supposedly around $6,800. Supposedly. Now we'll, we'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about it. Yeah, right, right. there's, I've read some comments on some of these, uh, you know, like the, the forums, I guess, um, after the fact, you know, after all these news items have come out mm-hmm. uh, where people kind of debunk the idea that $6,800 is even possible. So a lot of people are kind of saying, open your eyes, people. We've seen this before with Aptera. We've seen this before with the Dale. We've seen this before with um, oh, Carbon Motors. Remember the um, uh, the purpose-built police car that was supposed to be uh-huh. happening not long ago? Um, it, it, you know, it's a great idea. You get a lot of people behind it, and they say, you know of course, I'll invest my one thousand dollars to to you know help you out to make this. I believe in this product, mm-hmm. and uh, they just fall just that short of it, and then all that money's gone because the investors don't get their money back at this point. Right, it's invested in you know marketing the new product and buying uh, property, buying equipment, you know whatever's necessary at that time. It's usually um, eaten up in the R and D stage of these these programs. So so you know they've got a, a great drawing of what the you know the carbon motors uh, police vehicle should look like. But they don't really have a product. And if they do have a product, it's one. It's one right. of a kind. It's a demo. Yeah. And so a lot of people are saying, I- I've seen this before. Don't be foolish and invest in this. And yeah. other people are saying, no, no, no. This is the time to invest because they're this close. 
You know, right. they're only 240 million away and it takes, well, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in order to start something like this. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's the people that, you know, are, are fully behind this mm-hmm. and there's people that are not quite on board with this. And then there are the people that, you know, say, no way, I won't touch this with a 10 foot pole. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from Ryobi. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the Ryobi leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with Ryobi's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Right. Yeah. And I can see both sides of the argument. The The truth is, though, that this continual pushing back of production makes sense to me because if you're doing something for the first time, you don't see, like, there are so many things you will not be able to anticipate. But that being said, I fully understand people's uh, irritation with this mm-hmm. and the concern that it may all be a scam. We've had listeners write in on both sides of the of the church on that one. Sure, we have. Like I've sent my one hundred dollar you know down payment or my my investment in the company, yeah. and uh, you know I'm I'm happily waiting for my Elio to arrive, or, or at least the opportunity to buy it. You know, I'll be one of the first one thousand people or whatever. Or it is. people saying Elio is a scam, and that uh, one point eight million square foot plant in Shreveport is not ever going to build a car. We've seen. We've seen pretty passionate emails on both sides of it. Yeah. Uh, but the. Well, there's another thing too, Ben. We, we, we touched on this already, the engine. And yeah. a lot of people are seeing the engine as a sticking point. Now we were pretty hopeful about the engine in our first episode. We were right. talking about a, a company. We didn't know who was going to build it, but it was a company that was going to, or supposedly had 
um, a, uh, a decent racing past, a racing history, mm-hmm. and they have shown us a a prototype engine, a um, an, a 0.9 liter mm-hmm. three cylinder engine that, again, as you said, you know, is capable of achieving, w- you know, with the whole package, 84 miles per gallon. Right. In the, when it's packaged in the Elio. Based on a Geo Metro, oddly enough. Yeah, it's a three-cylinder engine. Again, um, 100 miles per hour top speed is what they're proposing with this, and a 0 to 60 in 9.6 seconds. All that is still the same. They're not saying anything different about it. It's not going to be a US, U.S.-based company that was um, involved in the designing of the, the engine. Right. I, I don't know if it will be the one that is building you know, the, it might be U.S. built, but it was not designed by a U.S. company. Right. It was designed by a German company, IAV, and it, out of it, Berlin. Yeah, and it is an update on the Geo Metro. It uses a different cylinder block, cylinder heads, cam cover, front cover, the crankshaft, the camshaft, mm-hmm. the pistons, the connecting rod. A lot of this stuff has changed. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's, so it's a it's a it's a bit different. And uh, people are saying, well, why would you ever do that? Why don't you just stick with a known engine at this point? You know, uh, form some kind of partnership with uh, Suzuki or somebody. Right, right. And get a small engine that is reliable, you know is going to work, and that way it takes that out of the whole equation. That You don't have to develop a brand new engine. Plus, what does that have to do with the price? I mean, or what what does that do to the price? I and the say. R&D, like, where where do the costs bear out? You know, is it in the is it part of the... Uh, large investment still required, or is it going to affect X number of dollars added to the price of each car? And can I read something from a, a, a commenter in one of these forums that, sure. I, that I read? Yes. And this is, a, I believe this comes from um, maybe the Gizmag article okay. uh, from around, Feb- I think it was February of 2015. One of the commenters that, and this made sense to me when I heard it. Now, there's going to be arguments back and forth about this, but um, this guy says, this is a this is a huge pile of nonsense. This idea that you know this is going to ever happen. Even he says there's no way it's going to come to production. He says I've been in, in the automotive business for 35 years and got into it by way of engineering and racing cars. Bottom line is there's no way that this car can be produced and sold for six thousand eight hundred dollars. It's impossible by a factor of three times or more. To prove my point, take a look at the three wheeled Can Am vehicle, which is basically a three wheeled actual motorcycle. Yeah, the vehicle is being built and sold by a Canadian company that builds. Everything from regional jet aircraft to jet ski watercraft to snow vehicles and motorcycles. They're very experienced at building small engines, which they produce in very large numbers for low costs. So he's saying, why not just go with something like that? Right. right? The Can-Am vehicle, which you know, we're talking about the Can-Am Spider, you know, the uh, the the motorcycle with three wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, the Can-Am vehicle, which is much simpler than the Elio, without AC, without heat, without the radio and other amenities sells for over $20,000. Right. So he's saying that's triple the price of the Elio, you know, which is proposed at $6,800, but probably that he says probably the biggest mistake that Elio could possibly have made was try to create their own engine at this point. You know, that's just a huge mistake for something. They should just stick with a known engine builder that can again produce, you know, large numbers, large quantities of engines. At a low cost. At scale, a relatively low cost, yeah. Well, here's the thing, Scott. Originally, they had aimed to use a known engine. They were going to use just the, the Geo Metro factory engine, no mm-hmm. bells, no whistles, no blue ribbons, yeah. you know. But uh, they... What they found was, according to the CEO, they found that if they did, if they used just that engine, they would get 66 miles per gallon. So they updated it 
to get that 80-something number. Okay, so it's an efficiency question at that point. Well, I I guess even more importantly, the thing is that originally they were aiming to work with a known quantity. So, I, you know, I wonder, though, because I've seen so, so many people say that this is this is a scam, right? But it, it made me go back and listen to something that surely was a scam, which, is, oh, spoiler alert, everybody, the Dale Carr was a scam. Yeah. Uh, but if you haven't checked out our episode on that, our series, please do. It gets weird. That was an absolute scam. Yeah, that was an absolute scam. Uh, whereas I don't know if it's fair to call this a scam so much as it is fair to say that there are continual roadblocks. Yeah. Now, see, you and I feel the same way on this. I believe. I, th- I think that the because uh, you mentioned the Tucker early on. Yeah. That's a that's a company that had a product. They mm-hmm. have an actual product, and that's the difference between the Dale and the Tucker. Is that they had a product and they had um, you know the ability to produce that. They just were looking for uh, the edge that they needed to be able to get into production. And there's again a long story for the Tucker as well. So and they were another... shut down, you guys. It was a conspiracy. Well, well, sure. Yeah, there's a lot more to it that I'm alluding to here, even. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, they have an actual product. They can they can yeah. produce these cars. We've seen the prototype running, and I know that that is something that you know the, the Dale supposedly showed as well. But then when you looked at it closer, you realized that well, the prototype doesn't have an engine that was pushed out on stage, or right. um, it was being. You know, the, the bumper was a four-by-four four that they picked exactly. up at a hardware store. Yeah, um, it, It's not that way with this vehicle. This is something that is – they've got everything in place. It, it seems like it's all ready to go. And I, maybe I'm just being fooled, Ben. But I think I, the commenter's right about the price, though. I don't. I still don't understand how you could hit that scale, that economic scale, quickly enough to make – you would have to make so many, make and sell so many cars at once to get – that price point. I think that's the idea, though, is that they know initially they're going to be losing money on on the brand new vehicles that they produce, and then once they get to a certain point, it'll take years and years, but they will start making money at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if the interest is there, why not go forward with this? Why not try it? But I mean, at least this guy is trying something. I think that's that's good. That's uh, that's something that we can you know applaud him for that. You know, Paul Elio to say this guy's got a great idea. Right, and we need people like this in the world—people that people do stuff like this, because otherwise, there's never going to be any change. But is—is is he going about it the right way? I, I don't know, because we talked about federal funding. There's—it seems like there's just no hope for federal funding in this at this point. No, no, and and that would be the you know the uh, the silver bullet, I guess. It would it would answer all the questions. It would just be like, okay, we're ready to go. Let's do it. I've got I've got the facility, I got the machining. Right. I got the product. I got the interest in it with, you know, these 40,000 initial investors and, and who knows how many more that just don't want to jump on right now because they're cautious. But once yeah. people see them on the showroom floor and the dealer lots, um, you know, there's probably going to be quite a bit of interest in this thing if it ever happens. Well, here's something interesting, Scott. Uh, and this came out um, just a few days ago. Uh, there was uh, Elio Motors appeared at the eighth annual National Clean Energy Summit, which is held oddly enough, in Vegas. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so the, um, you know, they have over 40, they have almost 45,000 reservations of the Elio Motor cars. Uh, the president of the United States, Barack Obama, was the keynote speaker. And uh, it's, it's strange that uh, they're going to the same parties, literally, but where is the federal funding because at this point 
barring some other private angel investor, as you said, you know, a Buffett or a Gates or something, then it's it's a heck of a speed bump. It's a heck of a hurdle to have to get across. Uh, and you and I have seen some news that we were talking about off air that is another big update we should talk about concerning the factory. Yes, Ben, you're right. There's a, a report very recently. We're talking like July of this year, so, so not long ago, uh, that stated that Elio may be losing their factory, their position. They may be losing right. their, their, their place to build these vehicles. And that's a, that's a very concerning note from, uh, from, you know, the, the media when all these investors are into it for, you know, a thousand dollars each or some up to fifteen thousand dollars each. Sure. People have invested millions of dollars, you know, cumulative at this point. Mm-hmm. Where's all that money going to go if, if they're, they don't have a factory to build anything? So people are, you know, the investors are, are really concerned at this point, but, but is it true? Is it true that they're going to lose their factory and to who? Not, it's not entirely true, but they, it looks like they will lose part of the factory in some ways, perhaps due to, uh, po- politicking, the fine art of politics. So, uh, yes. So yeah. this outfit named the Gulf Coast Spinning Company, a textile plant, a textile mill, is going to use some space within the factory, not the entire plant. Uh, but see, that was the initial report was that it was going to use the entire plant. That it was, it was, that Elia was losing the factory. And that's right. not true. Well, so, uh, the CEO of Gulf Coast Spinning's parent company, an outfit called Zagus USA, uh, is a guy named Dan Phoebus. Dan Phoebus. And, uh, he said that they're definitely, they're looking for this Shreveport, uh, location. It's all but done right now. Elio Motors itself, rents approximately 1.5 million square feet of the plant, which I believe is uh, uh, a actually a 4.1 million square foot building. Ah, so they knew that they weren't going to be the only occupant of that building mm-hmm. when they when they bought that 1.5 million square feet, which is, I mean, they we're talking about huge, huge numbers. These are significant buildings. I mean, it's a it's a giant, giant factory. So, you know, it's not unheard of for, for space to be shared among some of these even big companies. Now, hopefully, I'm sure that Elio is thinking later we can expand if we need more space, you know, right. move to a new facility That's part or whatever. Of the plan. But, but in 2013, yeah. Scott, also the company said that they would be bringing 1,500 jobs to Shreveport with this. Ah, see, now that's... By the end of 2015. See, that's that's the other thing, as this becomes maybe a little bit of a political move from the governor of Louisiana, because um, Bobby Jindal, who is the governor, is a 2016 presidential hopeful. So he needs to kind of like a positive spin on the job story in that area in order to boost his image as a job creator. Mm-hmm. And by getting them into this plant, you know, the, by the um, what's the name of the group? Zagus yeah. group, uh, the spinning company. Uh-huh. This is something that he can point to to say, oh, yeah, I've, I've created 1,500 new jobs right. or 2,000 new jobs in my area, in this area. And, uh, you know, go me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other side of the coin, though, is that, He's been promising that, you know, Elio Motors with uh, with Paul Elio is, is going to um, also produce, you know, 1,500 jobs. But that's been kind of put off and put off and put off. And that's given him kind of a little bit of a bad rep because he's also got his weight behind this and saying, yeah, this is something that's going to happen. Uh, and then, then every time there's a delay, uh, everybody kind of looks to him and to Paul Elio. 
So says, he, what's going on? So he like invested his reputation as e- well. Exactly right. And, you know, I guess rightfully so. I mean, you've got, you got big hopes that this is really going to work and it just hasn't to this point. But the P4, uh, I can't believe we got this far without saying that that's the name of the newest prototype, the, the P4. P- oh, the P4. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It, uh, it looks pretty cool, you know. Uh, I don't agree with the color they chose. You don't like the orange? <laughs> yeah, because we see the orange in every uh, every promotional stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's what they take around. Yeah, but it does look refined, doesn't it? It looks like a cool vehicle. I would love to. I would love to take one for a ride. the uh, The issue now, though, is will this spell the end of Elio? Will Elio be able to? Get the money it needs because that's the primary thing. Sure, yeah. And are we talking? I mean, who knows if we're talking one hundred and thirty million or two hundred and forty million or something in between? But it's a significant amount of money that they still need. They've got a product, they've got the place, they've got all that stuff in in, in mm-hmm. position. They just need this massive influx of money in order to make it all work. And you know, even then, I guess once they reach that point, are we are we going to see the Elio? Is it going to happen? This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from Ryobi. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the Ryobi leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with Ryobi's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, I I want to say that uh, I, I want to say a couple other points here. So earlier this summer, uh, listeners, some of you may be familiar with a, web, a website called Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, where you can just learn a bunch of news. People find other stuff they like on the Internet. They post it to Reddit. That's basically how it works. They also have these interviews with people. Right. And they have one uh, they're called Ask Me Anything or AMAs. 
they had an AMA with Paul Elio in July. And uh, he said uh, he was asked um, what about potential customers being frustrated or discouraged by repeated delays. And I'd like to read his quote here. Oh, sure. Fair question. He wrote the primary cause of delay in Elio Motors project is surrounding funding, particularly this round, because projects like Elio don't come along very often. There are not established pools of money that invest in these products. In hindsight, he says, I could have probably chosen better paths over the last year. We're now on our way. So I, I think that's a, that's a pretty fair point. And I wanted to make sure we got that on the air because he's right. There aren't really established pools of money for people starting a three-wheeled car debatably motorcycle company from scratch. No, and this is exactly the problem that Aptera faced as well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, recently. So it's something that we can all look to in the past and see see exactly what happened. You can you can see the entire case, you know, from beginning to end in that one. Um, so hopefully this one will have a a better ending point than Aptera did. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I really do like the design of this. I think it's a neat little car. I mean, it's definitely it seems almost like a third car. Like this, is, or actually, this is the car that would be your primary daily driver, I suppose. You know, like right. a commuter type car. Sure. I guess you you could call it a third. I don't know where where would this fit in it the. Depends uh, on where you live, man. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, so, if but, it, but it's an interesting idea, an interesting design. Yeah. And the latest one, the P4. I didn't know. I was looking at what they call the P4, but Ooh. the interior, the exterior, everything is uh, very much refined from the last version that I saw when we talked about yeah. this in 2013. It was mm-hmm. very rough. It was very um, looked like molded plastic that had just come out of the uh, out of the press. Whereas this thing looks nice. It yeah. looks It looks like a professional job you know it really does it's uh, a good looking vehicle i think also during a january meeting uh in ken epperson's district uh paul elio said he was still working on obtaining private investors and he'd also applied for a 185 million dollar u.s department of energy's advanced technology vehicles manufacturing loan and to date that has provided nothing but nothing uh, but, yet. but if it does happen, mm-hmm. that means this car will be produced. I, I really believe that. I mean, all this bad news that we keep hearing about it, you know, that's chipping away at the reputation of Elio. I think that it definitely hurts them, but it seems like they're, uh, they're maintaining the course. They're saying, no, no, that's not bad news, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, the PR person or, or Paul Elio himself will come out and say, no, no, that's, that's not the case, and here's the, here's the way it really is. Now, again, we're on the side of having to, we're in the, in the position, I guess, of having to hear both sides of this because we, we right. constantly hear these bad things coming out about it. And mm-hmm. are people still wanting to throw a thousand dollars at it, you know, individually? I don't know. I mean, and we got some, yeah, we had some emails and, uh, some, some tweets, I believe, messages from listeners about Elio and some, some, <laughs> some of you folks, uh, made no qualms or made no bones about it, said Elio is a scam. Better off throwing your money into the wind and hoping two hundred dollars blows back at you or something. <laughs> I can't like I can't remember, but it was it was pretty witty. And uh, you know, then we had other people saying like, "Well, this is this kind of hampered progress or hindered progress occurs whenever you do stuff like this." And while I can see both sides of it, I think the most informative answer that I can give on my position, probably yours too, and yours as well, Noel, is that none of us have put in $100, $500, $1,000, not you, 
not me. Yeah, when I wonder how many of our listeners really have done that. And if we had, what position would they be in at this point? But, right. but, but then again, I mean, look at the numbers, Ben. Even if, you know, okay, so that we, we said that they've got about 40,000 current investors, you know, people that have right. put in 100. Somewhere to, between like 40 and 45. But if they had all put in $1,000, the maximum amount, yeah. we're still talking about only $40 million at that point. So we know that they haven't done that. Some people are in for 500, some people are in for 200, some are in for 100. Yeah. All, all different levels. But if they had all done $1,000, we're talking about $40 million. And you can see, how these numbers just don't quite work out. If he if he doubles the amount of investors to eighty thousand, okay, and they all put in another, you know, one thousand. The additional people put in one thousand sure. dollars towards it. You're still only gaining another forty thousand, and that's just barely chipping away at forty the, million. Oh, forty million. I'm sorry. You're still just chipping away at the amount that's really due, which is two hundred million, or, or is it one hundred thirty or whatever? Well, but well, what about this though? They also opened up a clothing line. They're selling okay. T-shirts. They, yeah, they're selling T-shirts. They're also but, selling, and there's a true story, unused machinery from the plant. Okay. That, you now, heard that, about that. Now, that's a good idea. I agree with that. Now, you've got uh, this facility that has some some very, very expensive, large machinery. Specialized, to too. Yeah, yeah, very, very specialized. And, and there's going to be people in, interested in that. They're selling that stuff on eBay, as a matter of fact, which is crazy, but they're doing that. But the clothing thing, how many hats do you think you have to sell <laughs> <laughs> to get $130 million or how many keychains that say Elio or, you know, yeah, I, or a yeah. bumper sticker that says I believe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to, to do something like that, um, on a scale that actually makes a difference. Right. I mean, that might keep, uh, keep the lights on in the factory for another month or two, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, okay. I am an optimistic person. Hope springs eternal. Forever, right? But uh, it, it is it is true that this is a very tough case. And uh, while I don't think it's the end of Elio yet, it is a crucial time yeah. for the company. And and the thing is, they're so close. I mean, as we said with the product and everything, they've got this ready to go. And I think people, I, I really do think people want a car like this. I think people will buy a car like this. Right. I, th- I think there's a market for it. I think that once you see it in person and, and get it a a chance or a feel for what this really is, as long as it doesn't show up and it's like all rickety and cheap, you know, once we, we actually get our hands on it. Right. That, you know, you drive it and it's like, it's a rattle trap and, you know, it, it's, it's loud and it, it doesn't, it doesn't meet the 84 miles per gallon or whatever. Yeah. As long as none of that happens, you know, some really bad press once they start building them, if they build them. Yeah. I think it's going to do well, but we've got to just get to, or they've got to just get over that last bump and that last bump is a $200 million bump. Well, if the, if the company raises, um, I've got, uh, I've got uh, an article, uh, from very recently quoting that the company needs to make 225 million to be able to start production. However, you and I both know that number varies widely because a lot of it is speculation. Well, we've said seven or eight numbers in this podcast. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but, but also, journalists are approaching the feds about the status of that loan application, and the feds aren't talking. Don Selak, uh, spokes, uh, spokesman with the Department of Energy, uh, wouldn't tell anybody how long the, the steps would take or comment on the application. These loans have uh, three steps. So the first is uh, that you have qualified to be considered for the loan. The second step is Uncle Sam looking at everything, every single thing. And if you make it past there, 
Then the third is just the details. So the second is like the big audit. And the I second's bet, the big one. I would be willing to bet that they're in this big audit phase at this point, you know, trying to figure out if they're good for the $185 million plus interest to be paid back. Yeah, that's probably why they can't really talk about it. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. But, um, and, you know, I guess you could also go the other route and say, like, well, they're just trying to squash this. They're trying to make it not happen, right? Or the uh, the, the rest of the auto industry is saying, uh, maybe, you know, since uh, you're also in our pocket or we're in your pocket <laughs> uh, or both, um, you know, the, maybe maybe this isn't the vehicle for us right now. Maybe we should uh, you should just kind of neglect that one for a little while. Um, Do you think I, I have to ask you this because we talked about it before. It's not necessarily related, but uh, Scott, I want to ask you and uh, listeners ask you as well. How much influence would you say the big three have over upstarts in the auto industry and federal regulation. Oh, man, that's tough because, I mean, I guess it's just something you have to just think about for a long, long time because um, it can't answer it with one one line or you can't answer it right. even with what we've got left in this podcast, I don't think. But, no. But do you think that there was a, 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 an effort to, again, squash what uh, what what Elon Musk is doing with, with Tesla? I know, well, we did a podcast on the dealership stuff. I think it was one of the mystery shows. Yeah. And we know that, uh, lobbies for dealerships are, or associations, trade associations and such are assiduously working against Tesla's proposed sales model. And that's part of what allows him to continue production is that, you know, this, this new sales method, or not really new, but this, this sales method. Direct sales. Let's uh, just call it that. It saves the company millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, probably, or so. having to open dealerships nationwide to sell his product. Uh, yeah. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, I see that. And then there's also, uh, we should also say that for more info on that, you can refer to, I think it's mystery show number two or something. Oh, it's before we number them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, uh, maybe, some, but it's one of Ben's. One of yeah, Ben's it's, it's, shows. it's the one where I sound kind of smug because I, I'm the one who knows what's happening. Yeah, so I wonder, I wonder how much of an effort there is behind that. You know, with with other startups as well, maybe some that we don't even really hear of. I mean, just right the uh, the smaller operations that that are starting to emerge and then it's quickly put away. And really, what what would be in the interest of if if something like that existed, which I'm I'm sure versions of it have existed in the past, uh, if if there were some kind of uh, conspiratorial stuff going afoot. So, um, yeah. uh, then what, like, at what point is it worth it? Because it's got to be expensive to try to move the wheels of Congress. Well, you know? this all goes back to the Tucker story, too. And, it and, does, and, which I believe was. Uh, you know, we both do. I believe it was a stitch up, man. Yeah. I, I think they took him down. Yeah, we both do. And, and I think that, um, I think it was proven later, you know, after yeah. it was, uh, it was not a threat anymore. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, man, I think we've, uh, maybe, Giving you kind of the latest on the Elio and, yep. and where that all stands. And hopefully we haven't missed any uh, important or crucial points here along the way. Cause there's, there's, seems like there's always a little something popping up in the news about this in the last, uh, well, what, eight or nine months even. Right. And there's going to be some more, uh, we can expect a flurry of news in the coming months, uh, as we approach what would have been the, uh, production date and as we get toward the new one, uh, I will say that although I have not invested any money in Elio, I am hopeful that the that the cars or the vehicles actually come to production. Will they? Won't they? 
What do you think? Let us know. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think that we need to uh, maybe even do a third episode where we find out what happens with this loan or you know whether they make it or not. And if they go into production, for sure, we're going to do another episode on this. Car. Yeah. Look, I'd love to be wrong about my skepticism, Scott. I would love to show up in person at an Elio dealership, shake the hand of whomever's selling it and say, hey, I was wrong. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. And and that'll all be sincere. But I, I think that they have the, that the next few months are going to be crucial. And they will say, who was that guy in the purple suit? That was the strangest thing. He walked in, <laughs> he shook my hand. And right. he walked out. Yeah, I got to have a disguise on, right? Yeah, yeah, something cool. They'll be like, who wears a monocle and an eye patch? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, folks, we're going to get out of here. We're going to mosey on down the way. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We'd like to hear from you on Facebook and Twitter where we are Car Stuff HSW. Feel free to like our page, to follow us on Twitter. Uh, every little like, every little follow makes us our bosses like us that much more. Uh, we have a website where you can hear all those podcasts we talked about earlier. That website is carstuffshow.com. And if you want to email us directly, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And also, side note, thanks for everybody who's sending limericks. It was weird. That oh, we- you know what? We've got so many limericks right now that I don't even know if we can begin to read them on air. It would, it would cover more than an episode. At this it point. might cover more than an episode. Very clever, by the way. All of them seem to be re- really, really good. I mean, really well written. written. The rhymes are really working out. And, yeah. Uh, some are going off script a bit, you know, with uh, clever. Yeah, with uh, with different rhyming patterns and things. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, again, very Jam clever. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the stuff we've got already. Yeah, I've got to up my limerick writing game in the interim. Uh, but please do send that to us. We'd uh, love to hear what you think about Elio. Have you donated money to it? Do you think it's utter bunk? Either way, let us know and do so by writing to us at our email address. Which is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.